And I'm going to ask Mike and Tasha to come. I'm going to set up some stools for us to sit on. Um, Mike, you don't mind getting up on the stage, do you, in front of all these people? You know, most Sunday there's about 1.3 million people that also join us by live stream. <laughs> so just don't, I just wanted you to, I don't know, are we, um, I'm going to get y'all microphones. Y'all have a seat. Thank y'all. Welcome home. And um, on behalf of the church, I want to say uh, thank you for your ministry. And I'm excited, although we visited quite a bit this week, just to, for the people to hear this. And, you know, I talked about last Sunday how um, God is a missionary God and mission starts with God. And we just join him in that. Uh, if you're new to our church, uh, 11 years ago, uh, we started, uh, felt led to go to the Kanyanka people who are in West Africa and Guinea. And um, that's a part of what we do. And so this is also a season of the year that we focus on international missions. And so it just seemed like God's perfect timing that the Warners were coming back. And we haven't done this in a while, but I wanted them to give just kind of an extensive, more extensive report uh, than we would normally, and it highlights international missions, and uh, I'm excited about that. And Mike, I know that one of the things um, that God was working in was your job situation. Can you just, even before we start talking about the trip, what was it that God has done in your life that even made this possible for you? <laughs> well, you know, I, I've worked at Best Buy for over 20 years, and um, this year, um, you know, there was some leasing agreement issues that occurred, and so they decided to close the store. Um, but this year, God told me, because Tasha has gone so many years before, and uh, going into 10 years of the work with, uh, with the missions, God told me I needed to go this year. And uh, this, was, this was something that I did not have a choice with, right? Uh, when God calls, you say yes. And uh, that's the biggest takeaway I had because this is the most important work that I've ever done in my life. Hmm. Even with 20 years of being in my job and the position I had, this was the most important part of it. And so uh, God has a lot of plans for me, and this was probably the most important thing that I was, I was able to do. Well, we don't know what those are. <laughs> um, hey, so even before, I know one of the things that we've prayed for y'all because y'all got sick on the trip pretty significantly sick. Um, let us know how, if you'll let the church family know how you're doing. Obviously, you're alive, Yay. which is good because you're sitting up on the stage. Uh, but maybe, maybe just kind of give us an, a little bit of briefly of an update of Tasha, uh, of how y'all are doing. And uh, how did you see God uh, work even in the midst of that? Um, I, I've been sick in Africa before um, on my second trip. Um, I wound up with typhoid um, when I was in Liberia, but the work in the bush was, was done. Um, so it was just a time of rest. And um, this time I got sick on night one in village um, with super high fever and um, it just progressively got worse. Um, wound up, it was malaria. And then yesterday I got blood, extra blood work um, 
results back, and it was typhoid on top of the malaria. So I felt super terrible. Which is not contagious, so not you know. Not at all contagious. To and you. inoculated. I mean, I'm, I'm vaccinated against the typhoid, so the fact that I keep getting it, I don't know. But what it did was right. took me completely out of the equation. Um, it was a lot of super awesome stuff that happened in the bush, and God worked in all these um, incredible ways. It had absolutely nothing to do with me. So I wasn't in the way of that. It was good. Wow. And she, and she was a rock star the whole time, like regardless. She always is. My sickness wasn't as glamorous as typhoid or malaria. <laughs> Listen, we don't need to go into those details. Anyhow, y'all can imagine what that was. But anyhow, um, yeah, typhoid sounds much better, Mike. And, uh, you know, it is true that Tasha's been on a number of trips, and uh, she has a certain following. It is, it's kind of rock star status, and that's why I don't ever go on a trip with her, you know, because uh, anyhow. But Mike was just, you know, as far as they knew, was just like her, um, you the know, bag the bag boy, something like that, part of the entourage. But then they found out he was married. But, and your African name, you were named Amadou. Amadou is his African name. I am a Yuba. And Ajala. So uh, we all get African names uh, because our American names don't connect with them. So M Mike, okay, I'm going to go. Okay, so Mike, I know that this was your first trip. And uh, kind of one of my concerns, quite honestly, is Tasha's been on so many trips and kind of gets it culturally, but you're going to be the new guy jumping in, and the first trip is always so much to process. And so you and I spent quite a bit of time yes. just talking about culture. Can you talk just a little bit about how you, uh, how that went of just, I mean, there's a lot uh, culturally uh, so that we're effective in sharing the gospel, but some of it just relates to eating or and greeting and some of those things. We won't talk about the bathing aspect of it, uh, but can you just kind of talk about how how that your first trip went with you related to the the differences in culture? Uh, it is a massive culture shock for me when we when we arrived in Conakry. Sammy tried to warn me, uh, but it was such a culture shock to me. Um, and I think one of the things that was the biggest opportunity, I think, for anyone, especially me, when you travel, um, is that you fight it. You know, all the things that you yeah. go against, uh, your instincts, you know, organization and cleanliness and all these things that you are so used to, you fight it. But the second part of uh, adjusting to culture is when we got into village. And one of the things that we realize is that um, family is the same in America as it is around the world. And, when you embrace those things as a father, uh, as a husband, as a Christian with the villagers, that's where culture seems to get a lot, a lot closer. And so I think when you fight it, it's hard, and when you embrace it and lean into it, it's much easier. Okay. How did you do with the eating? Because I know we eat out of the common bowl. What is there? Is there? Okay. Anyhow, maybe we don't have time for this. Was he a good eater? I'm not a good eater. So Mike um, has a shrimp allergy. Okay. Wow. Shrimp. And we're in market. That's true. We're in market, and Swallow's gathering up the stuff. And I see, and I know this, but I hadn't put it together with him. Yeah. The, the cooking stock for the soup every night is Maggie, Maggie, Maggie cubes. Maggie, Maggie cubes. And there's a cartoon shrimp on the package, and it clicks with me. Everything we eat is shrimp-based, and he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so I, I told Swallow, I said, he, he can't, he can't eat it. So my husband got special sauce every night in his own little bowl, peanut sauce with a spoon. So he didn't even have to eat like the rest of us. Listen, that is so lame. I was spoiled. You were spoiled. Special um, sauce. Call him that. It's his name. Special name. sauce. <laughs> McDonald's and Mike Warner. Special sauce. Uh, okay, moving on from special sauce. Uh, hey, so Tasha, uh, there are other team members, and sometimes maybe the church is not aware of this. We've talked about this. We have a translator, Swalu, who's in Village and been with us, uh, but we also have Tikon, who is a driver. Can you just talk a little bit, because, I mean, sometimes we talk about our ministry, but those people are a part of our ministry. Can you just talk about the, the larger team yeah, on this trip. And this trip, it was especially large. Um, so Tikon has been the driver. I've only this was only my fourth trip, so he's been our driver every time that I've gone. But there have been other drivers. Um, Swallow has always been my, the translator. Well, this time we also had um, Pastor Seku who came with Tikon from right. Liberia, and he's a radio evangelist. Um, he was uh, born in the bush. That's and right. Mandingo, so he speaks the language. Um, so we had twice as many translators on this trip, which means twice as much work can get done at the same time. Um, also, Tikon got rear-ended in Ganta City, so the vehicle was trashed. They had to send a new vehicle and a new driver, and registration was that vehicle with that driver. But he had never been to Guinea, so he didn't know the way to our region. So Tikon had to come along and show him. So we have Yoko, who is also a believer, and Tikon and Pastor Seku, and we haven't even picked up Swallow yet, so we are rolling in deep. Yeah, so there's about six of y'all in the yeah. vehicle, and if yeah. you've been on a trip, you go, wait a second, where do you put six people with all the Tikon's luggage? Tikon's in the back with the Tikon's in the back. Um, but you know, it is, it is very important to us strategically that we are investing in the Africans because there are times it's been through Ebola, uh, it's been through COVID, we're not able to be there. And ultimately, our goal is to establish churches that, are, uh, that have African pastors, uh, people that are involved in it. Someday the Americans will be gone. But we are training, and Swalu and Seku and, and Tikon, those are all part of our ministry in raising them up as leaders. So when we met up in Zero Quarry, we, we met at a, a hotel. Well, it's a long story, but we wound up meeting at a hotel. Yeah. And um, well, I just passed out story cards that night. Learned this, learned that, and all the boys got a chapter of Acts, the, yeah. of church formation. So I'm like, learn this. You'll need to know it tomorrow night. Yeah. So... <laughs> So our primary strategy is nighttime storing, um, and we always plan every trip. It's like, okay, what are we going to story? What is our intent? So Mike, could you speak a little bit about on this trip? And, and I, I wanted to tie in with what Tasha was saying because not only are we storing, but as we story, then we turn to our African brothers as the nights roll on, and we say, no, you need to story. They need to hear it from you. But Mike, can you tell us about what the scriptural focus the Bible stories were particularly in this trip I'm going to talk about daytime later so if you just think about nighttime what was your primary uh, biblical focus of what you were teaching well you know we we were focused on Acts 1 through 4 
church formation. Okay. Uh, did a lot of that, and of course, uh, creation, the story of creation. Uh, but we had a whole, we basically told all the stories. And <laughs> Tasha, you know, uh, from Jonah to Rahab to David Goliath to, you know, all the stories that, you know. Thief on the met. cross. Oh, I'm sorry. Cross, yes, that was a big one. That was, that had a lot of impact for people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Acts was our focus for church formation. Uh, so, so we we were we were really blessed to be able to spend two nights in the villages on this trip. And so night one was church formation because you're going to have your 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 Wednesday night crowd, your your core crowd, right? That's good. A, a good Baptist. Crowd. That, that really is. Yeah. So you're going to have your core crowd on the on night one. And when you have them, that's who you're really wanting to drive that's home right. uh, church formation to. What what are we doing to meet when we're not with you? That's right. And um, then for night two, we did an evangelistic push. Said so, bring your lost friends, and we'll have snacks. Snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, so you know it's always, and y'all realize we are going to condense down. Uh, a, seven nights or longer in villages to 30 minutes this morning. But we visited and I wanted to highlight a few of those kind of God encounters and, and how God ties some stories from the past together. So I want you all to think of Swilo, village number five is what I would call it. Um, but uh, uh, the old chief who has died is Seku. But they had another death uh, Tasha, I think this is really your question. And can you tie in of how that relationship uh, tied in really to a new salvation in that family? Can you talk about that? Yes. Um, Big Chief Seku was one of the first um, people who made an impact on me. He was so welcoming. He gave me a chicken. We might be married. I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> She's joking. joking. She's joking. joking. There was no cola nuts exchanged. <laughs> That we know of. Yeah. Um, uh, but he, uh, we met under his bougainvillea canopy That's right. and told stories collectively for hours. Um, his family is always so welcoming. Well, his, um, on this trip, his wife has passed. His favorite wife had passed. And um, Yes, she used the term favorite wife. We don't have time for that either. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so, so she's passed, and... Um, we, we go for bereavement. We go to just extend our sympathies and um, give a little gift to the family. And um, Lonzene, the oldest son, was there to greet us. Sister was there. Um, and so God reminded me um, that on the last trip there, I was with Stacy Youngblood, and um, Big Chief was um, kind of a holistic medicine guy. And um, he had some guests in his home that were there for treatment. And we were all under his, in his front yard uh, telling stories about Jesus. They came out. They kept hearing this. They came out. They were interested. And I turned to him and I said, um, Big Chief, you have heard these stories for years. You know these stories. And your friends want to hear. Will you tell your friends about Jesus? And he did. He sat right there and he was telling them about creation and how uh, God made us to, to love us and send his son for us. And I was able to share that experience with his son, Lonzene, and I said, you know, I, I carry that into Thief on the Cross, where Jesus turns and says, because you believe, today you'll be with me in paradise. And I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that I'm going to see Big Chief when I get to heaven. 
and our hope is in Jesus, Lanzane, you can have that same hope. Well, I believe that Lanzane is already a believer, um, but he thanked us and we went on about our day. Later on that afternoon, we're back at um, Abu's, the new chief, his house, and we're just kind of milling around. Not really much happening because the men are all in the field, women are working. Um, maybe we're babysitting kids. Yeah, maybe exactly. And a, a, few, a few people came up. One was a young man, and, and he was really interested in what we had to say. And so, well, of course, as Craig had taught me, you tell stories about Jesus. <laughs> Everybody's interested in what you have to say. And so we started um, story, and, and he wanted to know more and more and more. And um, he ultimately prayed and, and asked Jesus into his heart. He wasn't a, a villager. He wasn't from there. So I started asking him questions. Man, who are you? And he was from Ivory Coast. I'm here for bereavement. Who, oh, I'm so sorry. Who passed away? My mom. I'm Big Chief Sekou's youngest son. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, I always just think when you make yourself available, it gives opportunity to God to do some amazing things. And, and the people flows different uh, every time we go. And that's, it's always awesome to see. By the providence of God, who did God bring to that village that day to hear about Jesus? Always amazing. And hey, I was too sick to go out, so what? he brought him to me. Yes. <laughs> hey, so Mike, I know in the second village y'all went to, Sogbonino, um, which is what I call village number four. But anyhow, it's neither here nor there. Um, I think one of the encouraging things was really what y'all discovered about what was going on in between trips as far as church formation in Sogbonino. Can you kind of describe that and kind of what y'all discovered? Yeah, on uh, the night that we were storing in Sogbonino, those, those that showed up were very engaged. They asked great questions. Yeah. And uh, the other villages are um, stating that when they're out and about, these guys are telling them the stories of Jesus. And um, they're, they're very smart and they know. And yeah. Um, the love that they show and shared with us about Jesus was, was very um, uh, inspiring. And, um, Would you call them Baptist? Yeah, so they, they also <laughs> take up um, offering during meals. And so uh, they are uh, using these funds to, to get tea and have tea time, which is proof that it is a Baptist church because they're getting an That's their offering, sweets, offering, tea, dessert. Yes, uh, but very encouraged. They are having church in Sogmanino. And um, it's... Several times a week. Yeah, yeah. multiple times a week. And so uh, the men there are really leading the way. And they're, they're very engaged and smart, especially during story time with their questions yes. and, and the engagement that they share. Yeah, every village has its own little personality and stories and, and personalities within. I mean, depending on leadership and all and how we engage with those people. And uh, yeah, I know that's so true about Sogmanino. Our farthest village is Kamandu. Uh, the first time we ever went there, we were riding, and Chris Quinto was in the back. <laughs> and I said, hey, buddy, I just saw a sign. He said, what did it say? And I said, it says, into the earth, one mile. Uh, and then we drove about two more miles. Anyhow, I, it's our farthest village is my joke. Uh, but I know y'all had two nights in Kamandu, and uh, I know there was a story from the first night that we don't have time to tell. But the second night, there was kind of a new dynamic. And so, Tasha, why don't you tell about what y'all did on that second night with the film and what God did that night through the Jesus film. So something that, um, 
that we did in, in all the villages, I have a little pocket projector. It's super tiny and it'll, um, we have a solar panel to charge it by the day and it'll run for several hours at night. And I would take pictures um, in the village all day and learned enough language to invite them to come see their pictures that night and we would show a slideshow after it got dark on, on one of the houses. Um, and you know, that's my call to worship. <laughs> that's what she calls it, her call to worship. Come look at yourself on the, <laughs> on the big screen. On the big screen. <laughs> We're all a little bit vain. Don't laugh, people. Uh, but while we were, um, we went into to church, to Sunday services, right. to church, and uh, met with Pastor David and was able to get a copy of the Jesus film that has been translated into their language. Um, and we put it on my phone, and Mike, my super techie, awesome yeah. husband, hooked it all up and prayed for the battery to last long enough and played it onto the side of the house of the man who calls for prayer in the mosque. His house was <laughs> our screen. God has a sense God, of humor, doesn't he? He, does. he, he likes that. Yeah, of all houses. And the entire village showed up. And you could have heard a pin drop between goats and kids and just noise of outdoors. And it was just silent. Two hours. Two hours. Two hours, this film. In their language, from creation to ascension, it was all of it. And well over 20 people uh, gave their lives to Christ that night. Eight of them were Muslim elders. Yeah. So, uh, wow, that is, that is so exciting. And, um, you know, it's something we've, we've talked about even strategy-wise as a team of uh, showing the Jesus film and uh, utilizing that. And obviously, Mike Warner knows the technology of it all. Uh, unemployed from Best Buy, if you didn't pick up on that. Yeah, but anyhow. Um, but... And that's amazing just to see that, and it's something I know we will talk about as a team of moving forward of how do we utilize that. But, and quite honestly, I think there's, there are more than 20. When you say 20-plus, it was, understand it's dark, uh, but I know one of the things y'all described to me was as you are going, I, I'm assuming you are leading the sinner's prayer and through Swallow, through a translator, there is just this, what was that? What, how did you describe that? So... So I was sick, and I slept through half the movie. I didn't understand what they were saying, but I knew, right, the story. And I, I just came out for the, the um, invitation. And I gave it very brief because um, that's all it took. The, yeah. the story had been told. And uh, they, they were moved, and they were ready um, to, to pledge their, their love for God. And... Um, so I told them, I said, I'm going to say the prayer, and Swallow's going to repeat it and then and translate it, and then you repeat it back. And it had been so quiet, and this was just thunderous. Hmm. The, the crowd saying this prayer back, it, it just was uh, like a roar. Hmm. And I know it was in heaven, too. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, so uh, that's, that's exciting. So that was really nighttime. And kind of one of my last questions would relate to daytime. And uh, listen, Mike and Tasha Warner, if you don't know this, are real, uh, they're gifted people. 
They asked me to say that, in fact. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, they have their own gifts. I know Mike's an artist and sketches, and Tasha does photography, and uh, I'm envious of the gifts that they have. But I know during the day, y'all were able to utilize some things to uh, connect with people. Can y'all kind of, maybe Mike, you start, and then Tasha, you can join in. Just kind of how God used your gifts. You know, one of the benefits of being able to uh, be there for two nights was you get a whole full day uh, of yeah. seeing the normal life uh, in the villages. And um, so I, I've always drawn since I was seven years old, and that was one of the things that uh, I remember first as one of the major memories is my, my mom teaching me that because she drew a lot. Um, but what we did was we would draw the chief's home, uh, drew the chief's home, and it would gift it to him, and he loved that, but all the chiefs. And yeah. when we would draw caricatures of the kids, and they would all gather around and draw the kids. And uh, one of the most amazing things, I asked Swallow, so what is the, uh, what is the word for, for drawing in their language? And he said it was phototop. And that's the same word for photography. So they didn't even have a word for drawing or art. Yeah. Um, in their language. Yeah. And so, you know, in John 13, 35, Jesus said, um, they will know you are disciples by the love you have for one another. And taking those small moments during the day to spend time with the kids and time with the parents and just have normal day-to-day -day engagement was very important. And I think if you can build a memory and, and, um, and help those uh, that are, you know, ha may have a creative spark in them somewhere yeah. to initiate that. I, I think that's very important, but day-to-day -day life and, you know, Tasha would take uh, pictures throughout the day as we would go through and personally greet everyone in the villages. But, uh, yeah, it was very rewarding. Also, um, during the day, um, I, I sent it out on the, on the prayer call that um, I was really prayerful for a, a time uh, for the women in our father's mm -hmm. village um, to, to meet with them. Um, and God took that and multiplied it, and I was able to meet with women only in every village. Uh, so it was a really good time because something has happened since my last trip. There are rice mills in several of the villages mm -hmm. where the women aren't having to pound all day on the mortar and pestle, that they're able to just send the kids with a sack full of rice and they run it through the machine. That's and, right. and so it's like freed them up to get to hang out with me. It was awesome. So <laughs> I was able to, to story um, uh, Lydia and Rahab and um, some women who had, you know, made an impact and was able to share with them, you know, you're important too. Women are super important to Jesus. and. Here. Yeah, one of one of the um, the teenagers. He was probably about Zach's age. Um, we ran into, and uh, he was a shepherd, and he was herding yeah. cows, and he was a shepherd who had a slingshot on him, and so we could not pass the opportunity to tell him the story, <laughs> and um, led him to Jesus right there in the middle of his day as his cows were um, in the field, uh, with the story of David and Goliath, which led to. The story of Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. So many opportunities. Well, we, uh, we appreciate your ministry and your service. And I know um, we as an Africa team are going to kind of debrief and talk about the days moving forward and what God wants to do in that. We wanted you to hear this as a church. Um, we haven't done this in a while, but I thought it was an awesome opportunity. Is there something, as we turn to the church, 
people sitting out there. Is there something you would want to say to the church? Um, and I'm not necessarily looking for anything. Anything. A word of encouragement. I, I don't know what it, it would be. And I know, Mike, there was something you mentioned to me. But, Tasha, you may have something. And um, Anyhow, is there something just in conclusion? Thank you for praying for us. Um, we are here because of your prayers. We were there because of your prayers. Thank you for sending us. Thank you for loving um, us and our people group enough to to send us and to pray every day that um, God's will would be done there. There are people that we will see in heaven That's that right. would not be there if you had not sent us. So thank you. Yeah. One of the things that we spoke about was in how hard it was in Africa. It's so challenging. And for those that have gone to Africa, you're rock stars. Um, it's, it's, it's so hard spiritually. I mean, of course, physically there are, there are things, but, um, I think, um, the reward that, you know, God has for you is, is, uh, you, you can't measure it. So if you've gone to Africa, if you've done anything like that, um, you're a rock star. But, but the last thing I, I would say is that for me, um, whenever God calls me or calls you, would always say yes say yes, um, whether it's a job or something that may be a stumbling block. And my stumbling block was my career for God. So you just lost um, your job. Do you want them to pray for that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> of no. course. Yes. Of no. course. But, but when God calls, always say yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Let's. Y'all are free to go. Hey, as you just remain standing, Brother Shane, the music team's going to come. Um, I wanted to say just a couple things, and then we're going to have our final song. Um, at the end of this song, uh, you can talk to Mike and Tasha. Uh, they'll be around. Uh, Will and Byron and I'll be at the front as you have decisions to make, need somebody to pray with you. Uh, our song that we will sing a song of commitment now uh, is also a time that we choose to receive our world mission offering gifts. You can give those uh, online. You can put them in the offering boxes in the back. But we always think it's kind of neat to have our special world mission box at the front. And you can give that in this time if you would choose to do so. You can give it after the service, before the service, anytime uh, you want to. Um, at the end this morning, we will have a vote uh, to uh, adopt our budget for 2022. I want to say this a couple things to you as a church. We give to our world mission offering uh, once a year from the last Sunday in November to the first Sunday of January. Our goal is $21,000. We as a church also give 13% of our undesignated receipts, your tithes and offerings, uh, to the cooperative program, which is for us as Southern Baptists is a way that we fund missions, our seminaries, a few other entities, but primarily it's missions. And so as you are giving to the church, uh, the church is giving 13% uh, of that uh, for, our, for our mission causes. And I just encourage you uh, that you would give. 
that you would pray for missions. I hope that the Werner sitting up here is sealed in your minds so that when we say we have a team in Africa, you go, wow, it's critical. It's critical for me to pray every day for them because God does amazing things in response to prayer. And so I want to pray, and then Brother Shane's going to lead us. Uh, you can bring your world mission offering during this song. You can come to the altar. As we're dismissed, we will vote on our budget, and the pastors will be at the front if you need to make a decision. Father, today we, um, we thank you for uh, your love and that you sent the Savior 2,000 years ago uh, to seek and to save that which was lost. So we thank you for Mike and Tasha. We thank you for others. Uh, we thank you for our missionaries that we have prayed for this week. Pray for your encouragement, your protection, your effectiveness in their ministries. Um, and Father, we just pray that we would give ourselves in any way that you equip us to, Father, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Father, I know that's what's on your heart. And so, Father, we just um, we pray that we would give ourselves to that, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.